Resurrection Sunday. It's Resurrection Sunday. And, and I know you're, you're, some of you might be like, hey, did I, we, we have this every year. What's the big fuss about it? Well, I don't know, but one thing is there for sure that today we get to celebrate the, the, the finished work of Jesus on the cross. Today we get to reflect on everything that Jesus did when, when he spent that time with his people, with his disciples, you know, expressing the kingdom of God, modeling the kingdom of God. And, and the epitome of that was when he took up that cross, when he died and when he was put in that tomb. But the story did not end there. The story continues with his resurrection uh, when that resurrection moment happened, the story continues. And today, in fact, the resurrection story is still going strong. Can you say that? The resurrection story is still going strong. I, I, I don't know if you have experienced it for yourself. I don't, uh, if you have grown up in a Christian home, if you, have, if you have seen these Easter Sunday celebrations year on year, I want to tell you there is still something special every time the church gathers to reflect on the finished work of Jesus. Every time the church talks about the finished work of Jesus on the cross. And today, I want us to dive in to, to something uh, that, that we're going to be kind of continuing from what we spoke on Good Friday. Uh, I'm going to be talking to all of us on the evidence of resurrection. The evidence of resurrection. I, I don't know if you've ever been that, that, that researcher kind of a type, you know, where, where you want everything to make sense to your head. Anybody been, been in that shoes before? You want to know everything. Uh, you, you, you want to know the facts, you want to know the details, you, you want to know the supporting truths that, that kind of back up your belief, kind of back up your faith. And, and I don't know if you have ever taken our time to kind of study the archaeological facts and the historical facts when it comes to the resurrection of Jesus. Because a lot of time, a lot of investment, a lot of resources has gone over the years to kind of, you know, prove the historical evidence of resurrection, Right? Some of you would, would, be, would be so quick to quote some of your best documentaries, uh, would be so, you would be remembering or thinking through all those, those facts that you read about, you know, and, and some crazy movies that were made about it and, and things like that. You know, the list can go on and on. But every year as the world celebrates the resurrection story of Jesus Christ, and see, most of us do it out of this, out of this genuine reverence. And, and thanksgiving to Jesus. And while some of us, or, or while some even celebrated because it's a good ritual to follow, right? I mean, come on. At least once in your life, how many of you have celebrated Easter as a, as a ritual? Show of emojis, guys. I, I, I can see you guys. I can see some of you. Show of emojis. I mean, come on. We all remember those times like 52 weeks. We never showed up to church. But Easter and Christmas time... We know that church is the place to be, right? Because that's a good check, that's a good check off your guilt conscience, right? It, it's a good thing to just check that off your list. I went to church when? Yeah, once a year, right? So, so we all have been at least a part of, part of that, that moment where you do it as a, out of a good ritual. And I want to ask you this. I'm going to ask a bunch of questions. And, and the one that I really want to start off is, what does the resurrection experience mean to you personally? Right here, the key word is personally. I'm not. I'm not talking about you as a family. I'm not talking about you as a, as a growing up in a Christian home. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about Sorab. I'm talking about Auntie Asha. I'm talking about Whippin. I'm talking about Ash, Monal, uh, Uncle Stan, Swapna, Anand, John. I, I want to ask you, what does the resurrection experience mean to you 
personally. See, because most of, for most of us, our understanding of this simple question is always founded on the big overall story, right? Uh, because we have heard some of these classic scriptures that, you know, that communicate the love and the sacrifice of Jesus for the entire world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And, and we kind of associate the, the, the crucifixion and the resurrection experience to this massive global phenomenon. And kind of miss out on, on the importance that the resurrection story, the resurrection experience, means something to someone personal as well. Rather all of us. And today I hope we can really narrow down on the value, the, the blessings and, and the inheritance of the resurrection of Christ to your individual life. It's, it's almost like using a magnifying glass and kind of zeroing down on you. Kind of focusing on you. Because let me tell you this, until you experience the resurrection power of Christ in your life, you are not really stepping into the new life that He assures for every single one of you. Until you, 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 every single one of us needs to encounter that resurrection power of Christ. And, and until then, all our understanding about the life, or all our understanding about the death and the resurrection part of Jesus Christ is just great head knowledge. Can somebody type that out? It's just head knowledge. It's just head knowledge. Come on, guys. Keep those chats going. It's just head knowledge. But, but here's the truth, right? We don't need head knowledge. We need a genuine heart change. We need a genuine heart change. And, and, and I want to talk to you about something that the gospel message of Jesus Christ, it, it's not this overtly intellectual literature that we can read. And, and we can kind of cherish. The, the, the gospel message, the Bible says, it is the power of God unto salvation. It is the power of God unto salvation. And every single one of us has the privilege to experience that salvation in its fullness through the person of Jesus Christ. Every single one of us has this great opportunity, has this great privilege to encounter the hope, to encounter that peace, to encounter the new life that Jesus calls you into through himself. And I want us to dive into these few phrases and, and these words that we're going to be reading today as we celebrate Easter. Some, some even say that these few words is, is the life message of Paul that is wrapped up in these, in these few statements that he is making. Let's turn to Galatians 2 and we will we'll read verses 19 to 20. And this is what Paul is saying. For I, those, uh, for I through the law died to the law that I might live to God. This guy's confusing us a bit, but, but here, read this well, okay? And then he goes on to say in verse 20, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Who gave himself for me. Before you go forward, can I, can I just pray for all of us? God, that you would really open up our hearts right now. 
that, that you would really allow the word of God to, to minister to our spirits, to our minds, to our hearts, and to our situations, Lord. That this would not just be a piece of information that we are uh, transacting, Lord, but this would be uh, uh, the timely word that we all need in this particular moment of our life. Holy Spirit, that you would reach out to every single person and the needs that they have because you know it better. So, Lord, keep me away from distractions. Keep me away from saying things that I don't need to say. And allow me to be sensitive to your word today. In Jesus' name, I pray for all of us. Amen. I want, I'm talking to us on the evidence of resurrection. The evidence of resurrection. Now, what we just read right now, Paul, he, he's making these big, these bold statements as he's writing to the people of Galatia. And, and this is something that God kept bringing my attention to. No longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ lives in me. Now that's, it, it sounds very, it sounds like a short phrase because you can complete that statement in about just about seven to eight words. But I'm telling you, the reality of those seven to eight words to kind of kick into our daily lives, that's a whole another conversation. And Paul is saying this out of his own personal experience where over the years, the same person who was kind of killing and, and torturing the people who put their faith in Jesus Christ, this is the same dude who, who has an encounter with the, with the person of Jesus Christ and whose life is radically transformed by the message of the gospel. And he is utterly convinced when he's making the statement that, guys, it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And see, when we, when we gathered a couple of days back for a Good Friday uh, a, a gathering, you know, we were talking about how each one of us needs to learn to embrace death in our lives so that we can actually live this new life in Christ. You remember that one? You remember that part where we were talking about the importance of taking up the cross and, and following Him and kind of embracing death, uh, embracing the pain of, and the suffering of being a follower of Jesus Christ. And Paul, he's echoing the same narrative in such a specific manner when he pens down this verse. And I want us to see the order in which he's helping us see this. The order is important. The, the manner in which he's starting these, these few verses is so important. That's the key. And I'm telling you, this Resurrection Sunday, Zealous, it is my hope, it is my prayer that we get this order right in our lives. Can, 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 some, can some of you encourage another person on chat and just put it up, get the order right. Get the order right. Get the order right. Feel free to tag somebody you know. If Benji wants to tag Bonnie and say, just say, Bonnie, get the order right. Or, or if Ash wants to tag Juhi or if Neville wants to tag Aditya. If Uncle Stanley wants to tag, tag somebody in chat you're seeing right now and say, get the order right. That's the key. That's the key. This is what he's helping us see. Crucifixion precedes resurrection. That's the order. Crucifixion precedes resurrection. The old must go before we can fully experience the new. 
the old life patterns, your old habits, the old self, the old sinful lifestyle, the old sinful uh, moments and seasons of your life must go before you and me can experience the new life. And because we cannot really embrace the resurrection power of Christ until we have experienced crucifixion of our old self. Until we have experienced crucifixion of our old self. And most of us, are, we, we kind of are walking towards, uh, most of us are working towards finding our, our, our identity and securing our worth and securing our destiny, securing our, our value in this, in this earth as we live through various ways and various paths that we adapt, whether it's through your business, your education, your entrepreneurial capacity and abilities. We all find different ways to kind of establish our identity, our worth, our value, and, and the list can go on after that. And, and in this life where, where we are constantly striving, in this life where we are constantly working, we are not even aware that our, that our soul, that our hearts take a beating which kind of goes unnoticed. You know, last year has been the craziest year for, for so many of us. I, I, and we thought it would be over when we kind of walked into 2021 and we thought, hey, I think things are just about to get better. And then, you know, we, we are like, our city is in this whole new wave where it's a second wave and going on and it's been crazy. You know, and, and our hearts, our minds, our soul kind of have taken a beating that, that nobody kind of gets to see, but you know it so well. You know what your heart is going through right now. You know the deepest concerns that, that are there in your heart and in your soul. You know the things that are bothering you about your own life and about the things that are happening around you. You know the very things that are kind of pulling you down. Every time you want to wake up and do something, every time you want to kind of get up with that excitement and that energy, you know that those things that have been bothering you, that have been trying to torment you, have been pulling you down because your heart your soul has been taking a beating that you're not even aware of. Our minds get drained out. Our hearts feel lost and we feel distant. And our body will still try to cope up with the daily checklists and the daily routines that we have to go through. But can I tell you, this, in, in those very moments, in those challenges, it's in those questionable times, this is where our faith, this is where our application of the gospel message changes everything. The application of the gospel message changes everything when we learn to let go of our striving and fall into the will of God. When we, when we learn to let go of our understanding and our intellect and we allow faith to be birthed in our hearts. When we, when we kind of allow the old life to die and make way for the resurrection power of Jesus in your lives. The application of the gospel message is the key. See, because all of this, what I've just said, is, is a matter of the heart and not just the head. Can I, can I tell you this? Christianity is a matter of the heart. Following Jesus is a matter of the heart. See, because Jesus, he, he took on this human form to get to your heart. Jesus, he, he took up the cross to get to our heart through, the, through, the, uh, through his unconditional love. He rose up on the third day and he has assured you this hope. He's assured you this comfort that is there, that is much needed for our hearts. And it is through the death 
and the resurrection of Jesus that our faith has substance. It is through the death and resurrection that your faith has substance. Otherwise, everything that we are doing is in vain, guys. And, and with this eternal truth that, that uh, being established, living our new lives with the mindset of Paul that he's helping us see is where authentic faith and discipleship in Jesus, that's what it looks like. Because our faith in Christ is expressed through our daily lifestyles. Can somebody type daily lifestyles? Can somebody type daily lifestyles? Come on, somebody, get, those, get that chat going. Get that chat going. Daily lifestyles. That's where our faith comes alive. It's, it's not on Sundays only. It's not only in Christian meetings. It's not just with your yes and your amens. When somebody is talking or having a Christ conversation with you. It's through your daily choices. Your daily lifestyles. That's where your faith in Christ is expressed. Where you, where you are learning every day. Where, where you are training and teaching yourself to take a backseat. We don't like doing that. I remember, you know, some of my friends would get so irritated with me. Uh, you know, when, I don't know if, you, if you've ever been the one who's always, who loves riding and, uh, uh, and kind of driving. And when you're kind of made to sit as, as, as a, either a pillion or you're made to sit next to, the, next to the driver. Has, okay, this is awkward, okay. I don't know if this has happened to some of you who love driving or who like... Have you ever been in a space where you're sitting next to the driver and, and you know you're, you're, the driving wheel is not with you, but your legs are still moving and you're still trying to brake because you're not sure if that fellow is going to brake at the right time? Show fans, show emojis if you have faced that. Right? Or, or if you're sitting, on the, uh, if you're sitting uh, behind uh, and somebody's kind of riding, you're going to a place and you know that you're supposed to turn, but that person is kind of not cutting properly, not, not taking his turns well, and you're, with, your, with your thighs, you're trying to nudge that fellow, hey man, turn! Anybody? I mean, that, I, I've always done that and my friends used to get irritated. He's like, Nenad, can you stop doing that? You need to allow me to ride, you need to allow me to drive. And... Can I say that's how some of our Christian lives look? We, we say that, okay, Jesus, I give you all my life. I give you all my heart. But, but you're still trying to nudge Jesus. Hey, Jesus, I think you need to take a turn. Uh, no, I don't want to give that up. Why do you want me to give that up? Uh, can we not sit down and talk about this, Jesus? I, I really don't want to do this. It's like you're giving Jesus those nudges. You're kind of pushing, forcing Jesus to take those turns when he's, he wants you to go on that straight path. Or when Jesus wants you to take that turn, you're saying, no, I just want to do that. That's, that's how it looks like. And I love, I love John Piper, who's one of these incredible writers when it comes to, uh, when it comes to brilliant uh, theology. He says... I love what uh, he kind of puts this in this way about a, a life of a Christ follower. Read this well, and if you can have this put up in chat, uh, I, think, I think you guys are going to take some time to kind of soak this in, because it hit me hard, and I, hope, and I hope it can happen to some of you on this call right now. This is what John Piper says. A Christ follower is not a person who believes in his head about the teachings of the Bible. Satan believes in his head the teachings of the Bible. 
A Christ follower is a person who has died with Christ, whose stiff neck has been broken, whose brazen forehead has been shattered, whose stony heart has been crushed, and whose pride has been slain, and whose life is now mastered by Jesus Christ. I'm going to let that sink in for a few seconds. And, and, and if some of you have missed out hearing me, there's a reason I asked for it to be put up in chat, because read that, read that well, and examine your life. Because that's what, that's what I was compelled to do the minute I finished reading that statement. A life that is mastered by Jesus Christ. That's what it looks like. See, Jesus conquered death. Jesus conquered sin. He conquered over every barrier that kept you and me from God. And he did all of that so that he could conquer your heart. I don't know who I'm speaking to. I want to tell you, he did all of that so that Jesus could conquer your heart. No amount of shame, no amount of guilt, no amount of your past regrets or your failures would kind of come in the way to accepting the love and the unconditional love and the presence and his grace that Jesus offers to you this resurrection day. He did all of that so he could conquer your heart. His love that was displayed to his death and his resurrection was for us to be reconciled and restored to be his sons and daughters, to be his reflection, to be the witnesses to the message of his unconditional love for humanity. And, and to be that evidence for the people around us that even though you and me go through these seasons and these moments of pain, of loss and of suffering and, and, and questions that we always don't have answers to, that it is the love of God, it is the presence of God that is, that is helping you and me create this beautiful picture of an eternal future that is made possible because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I don't want to tell you, church, that our faith in Christ helps us be transformed in a way that is inside out, transformed in a way where we are renewed on a daily basis as we grow in our faith in Christ. And, and, and here's the beautiful part of it. The emphasis of this resurrection day is not limited to this particular day itself. The emphasis is not limited to just this one single moment where we talk about this resurrection day. You know, Christ living in you is when you choose to put on love when the most obvious option is hate. Christ living in you is when you choose to live according to faith when you are forced to live in fear. Christ living in his you is, is when you want to subscribe to worship when you are surrounded in worry. That is what Christ living looks like. That is what Christ living looks like because these are the very indicators where you and me learn to apply the gospel message and we are living as a witness for Jesus. See, we think, like I said at the beginning, we think the evidence of resurrection is, is when some, some guys go to that site where, where they kind of analyze and study the tomb 
they, they go to that place where, where Christ was crucified and then find out those facts and then they kind of validate the proof of resurrection. While all that might be true, can I, can I give you a good news, everybody? Every disciple of Jesus is the evidence of his resurrection. Every disciple of Jesus is the evidence of his resurrection. You are the evidence of Christ's resurrection this 2021. This community is the, is the evidence of the resurrection of Jesus. Wherever God has positioned you, wherever God has placed you, that is your area, that is your realm, that is your zone to be the evidence of the resurrection message and the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are the evidence of resurrection. You are the evidence of resurrection. Every time you proclaim His goodness, every time you talk about His faithfulness, every time you experience the, the love of Jesus, every time you experience His leading, every time you allow the Holy Spirit to kind of lead you and to guide you, you are allowing Jesus to build up our lives and we are allowing Jesus to build up this church, this community, the way He desires to build it. Because I'm telling you, the more we do this, the more we proclaim the good news, the more we, we be a witness for the message of the gospel, we are building the community that Jesus wants us to build. And I love how Paul again uh, kind of emphasizes this when he's writing to Ephesians in, in these couple of verses. This is, a, this is a beautiful narrative that he's bringing between the relation between a husband and a wife. And, he, and I love how he kind of brings in the relationship of Christ and the church. And this is what he says, Ephesians 5, 25 to 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. And he goes on to say, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. And I love this. And to, be, uh, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Or oh, you think the, 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 the promise for the year, radiant ones were just for the month of Jan? I'm telling you, Jesus is not going to stand still until you and me be the radiant ones that He's promised each of you to be. And this is another great example that every single time you show up, every single time you allow Jesus and the message of the gospel to impact your heart, you are moving a step closer towards that journey of radiance. Every time you allow your old life to die and the new life to be embraced, you are walking towards your journey of radiance. And I want to speak to somebody and tell you that that's what the love of Jesus, that's what the cross, that's what the resurrection experience and the power does for each one of you. It transforms you inside out. It changes you entirely from being this wretched, filthy, nasty sinners that we were once upon a time. But His transformative love, His transformative love, His agape love, His unconditional love changes you inside out. It transforms you. And so zealous, this is the kind of community that Jesus longs to build in us and through us. This is the kind of community Jesus longs to build. Take a good look at every single person on this call. I mean, you see names, 
but, but I'm sure you have a picture of how that person looks like. You know the, the beautiful part of this journey? Building this community, experiencing this resurrection power, you are a part of that story. You are a part of Jesus building his radiant church. You are a part, your testimony, your, your, your past life of how God is working in you, or how God is going to work through you. It's a part of everything that Jesus is doing to take you closer to that, to that moment of experiencing his radiance. This is the kind of church that he wants to build a radiant church, one that is without stain or any wrinkle or any blemish, a community that is holy and blameless, a community that reflects and bears the image of Christ wherever you are. And this beautiful and life transforming journey begins when we learn to die to ourselves and we are resurrected with the new identity that Jesus gives you. Can I tell you this? Let this resurrection day not be another informative or an intellectual understanding or an intellectual trade of information. But let God's word birth this desire to make this bold proclamation today. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. I no longer live but Christ lives in me. I, I know you're, you're on mute right now, but wherever you're watching this from, can you just say that boldly and, and let, your, let your body, let, let your surroundings hear this, that I no longer live, but Jesus lives in me. Jesus lives in me. Your new life in Christ is the evidence of His resurrection to the people and the situations around you. So don't be afraid of that. Don't be, don't be ashamed. Don't, don't feel weird because you're putting your faith in Jesus. It's, it's not weird. It is the power of God to salvation. Your bold proclamation of faith, your bold decision to follow Jesus every single day, that is the resurrection Experience That is the power, that is the resurrection power alive in you today. And I believe as we go forward, it is also going to be through you. These are the pointers for people to experience that transformational power that you experienced in your life. And, and I want to talk, I, I just want to close out by asking you, that if you, have, if you have kind of moved away from that place where you have lost the joy of experiencing that resurrection power, can I tell you this, this truth is so much applicable even right now in your life, that it's, it's His desire, it's Christ's desire that you can say this, God, I no longer live. I no longer live according to my convenience. I no longer live according to just what I think is right. I no longer live what, according to what I feel like doing. I no longer live according to what trends or cultures or my peers or my friends are asking me to do. But today, I live the way you want me to live. Christ in me. 
Christ in me. Christ in me. That is the evidence of resurrection for you. That is the evidence of resurrection for the people around you. The Jesus in you. I just want to create, I just want to allow to kind of create this, this moment between every single person that is watching right now to, to just have that conversation with Jesus. I don't know where you stand uh, when it comes to your personal relationship with God. Whether, whether you've been born in a Christian home, whether you've been done We've been doing life in church. It really doesn't matter until you can make this kind of a bold proclamation that I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life that I live now, I live, in, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself for me. I believe the Holy Spirit is working in your life right now to kind of remind you of His presence and of His love and of His plans for you today. But I'm telling you, you cannot really experience that resurrection power until you have allowed your old life to die at the feet and at the cross of Christ. And can I just say, don't wait for another moment like this to be created to allow your old life to be crucified, to, to allow your own old habitual sins to kind of, you know, keep having dominion over you, to allow those, those, those wrongs to kind of keep putting you in a position of guilt because the truth is, Christ, in Christ, there is no condemnation. There is no guilt in this new life that Jesus assures you. So I want, to, I want to just ask you, can you just plug into what the Holy Spirit is doing right now? Because I know for sure that He is liberating some of you right now. I know for sure that He is, he is kind of, you know, really helping you see His blueprint for your life right now as you plug into the presence of God. He is at work, church. He has always been at work. Ever since He came out of that tomb, even before He went into the tomb, Jesus cared about you. He cared about your life choices and your life decisions and about your future. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at Zealous Pune or visit us online at zealous.community.